Hey guys, it's Tommy. There is no Angelica again, but I am Phil. And you are listening to Real Talk. And we have a very special guest on the podcast tonight. Uh, none other than... Daniel Durston from Big Brother 24, baby! Yeah! <laughs> We're so excited. Daniel's on the podcast. Daniel, you've been listening to Real Talk. We were talking for literally years. I lo- went and looked back at our messages when you first got announced on the cast, and I was like, oh my God. this Because what happened was we saw your picture, and I was like, wait a second. I know this guy. And then I went and looked at your stuff. I'm like, yes, we've been talking for literally years. We're, you know, just two super fans. And and now you're on the show. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, to be real, I'm geeking out right now. I'm a huge fan of the show. A huge fan of you, Tommy, ever since you're on Big Brother. Uh, I'm a Broadway guy. And, you know, I've never been on it, but a huge fan. So once you're on the show, I was like, oh, this is my guy. I'm rooting from him for him from day one. And, uh so I've been listening to podcasts ever since you guys started, like the very beginning. And um, yeah, so this is kind of like a full circle dream come true moment for me because being on Big Brother, of course, is a 10-year run of auditions. Um, but then yep. having been a fan of you and this podcast, uh, I purposely wanted to put off all podcasts and make sure the first one I was on was yours. So this is my oh first my one. Oh my gosh, Daniel, thank you so much. That's so flattering and so sweet. Wow. Of course. Oh my goodness. How are you doing? How are you feeling? It's been how long now since you were in the house? I think I want to say it's been five weeks. Um, maybe I'm approaching six weeks, but I'm not sure. Um, but I will say, and you know, you were in it much longer than I was and you went to jury and all the things, but I was only in it for five weeks and it took me at least three weeks to feel somewhat normal. Yeah. And, um, I'm in a group text thread with, you know, the first five is what I call it. The first five who were uh, out of the house and everyone like had my back. So as soon as I got out, everyone kind of like had me and was like, Hey, how are you feeling? You know, like it, about life, not even about the show or anything about like, you know, acclimating back to real life. And you feel like five weeks isn't that long, but like, it really does mess with you. And, you know, I don't regret going on there. It's a dream come true, but I had no idea getting out of the house, acclimating back to real life would be such, such a thing. And, um, every one of them in the group text that I were like, Hey, at about three weeks is when I felt pretty decent, but it's still going to take time. And that's exactly what happened for like the amount of time I was there. And I want to say about a week ago, I felt like I could sleep alone again. You know, I couldn't sleep alone for three or four weeks. Um, I had to sleep with the lights on. This is, it's wild what it does to you. Each person's different, but, uh, Mine was definitely like, I need to be with people and I need the lights on at all times. Yeah, it, it definitely messes with you and it messes with everyone differently. Um, for me, I couldn't be in a loud room for a yeah. while afterwards. I was, I had to, when it, you know, and I come from a very loud Italian family. So whenever my whole entire family is over at just as per usual, I like felt overwhelmed and I had to like leave. I couldn't be in the room too long. Yeah, and then I would get anxious. Normal, that's for sure. Yeah, I wasn't normal. So, it, you know, everybody goes through it differently, but it makes tons of sense. Five weeks is a long time, Daniel. That's a long time to be locked away competing for your life. And just like the paranoia and the constant state of needing to be on and the not sleeping, um, it really messes with your psyche big time. So it, it's no, it's no joke. 
Yeah, I think as as like a viewer and a fan, you never really take into consideration the struggle of not even obviously emotional. I'm a very emotional person slash player, but like the emotions, uh, the paranoia that I got from, you know, listening to this podcast, I got a lot of strategy or a lot of like uh, input or insight before I walked in the house. And, um, you know, but generally you don't think about that, how it really affects you as a person or as a game player sitting at home, you know, we're all the best big brother player of all time. But uh, the minute you walk in, everything changes. And it's nice to talk to BB alum who fully get it. And I've had so many people reach out to me who just are here for me. It has nothing to do with the game or anything. Like, they're just like, hey, we get it. And you were one of them where it's like, we get it. We have your back. You know, like, just like, we're here for you as a person because everything else, you know, we, we all have our own journey to deal with. But like, just to have the support of family, friends, and BB alumni has been like super nice to come out to, you know? That's great. Good. Good. Yeah. And I will say, I do want to say before I forget, you are the sole reason that I ever watched live feed. So like, I didn't watch it your season, unfortunately, but like, I was like a super fan as far as like, I've been seeing it, watching it since day one. Yeah. But hearing the podcast, you were like, if you guys ever want to be on Big Brother, I suggest watching one season of live feeds because you had said that you didn't, I think, and that you wish yep. you would have. Yep. And that right after that, I watched the All-Stars live feed. Uh, you know, fortunately in this weird situation, because of COVID, I was at home doing nothing. So I was like, what a great time to watch live feeds. And it's with BB players who have already done this. And um, so I got like a glimpse into it and it did help. You know, I don't know if I picked up necessarily strategy or anything, but it helped knowing what you're walking into as far as how boring it gets, how, um, how, you know, just monotonous it can be. I think that helped my mentality going into the game going, Oh, I know how it is a little bit on how to live inside here. Like no music, no TV, no phone, all those things. People don't really remember when you watch the show is you have absolutely nothing to do in that house. So Watching the live feeds, you know, it kind of prepared me. So thanks to you guys in the podcast, uh, I did dive into it. Well, it's funny because what pe- what fans of the show really don't understand is that to take it a step further, it's not just about watching the live feeds. Even if you watch the feeds, you still don't really get what it's like in the house. There's another 100%. layer. There's another layer that's added to it because sometimes you say things to one group of people on the feeds, but it's not really what you feel. You're just saying it to, you know, and like, because you feel like you have to, to that certain group. And then you go to another group and say something else and that's not seen on the live feed. So it's very confusing. Um, but you know, fans in the show love to rip that apart and say, we saw what you said on the feeds. And it's like, <laughs> yes, but the feeds aren't the truth because we're not know, always saying uh, the truth in the house. When Kat Dunn interviewed me, I love her. I still love her. I don't care. But uh, I saw like, that interview. She ripped you to shreds. I know. You know what's <laughs> funny? Right, right when she, like, we saw each other on Zoom, I was like, Kat, I love you. I don't care what you think about me at this point. And she started laughing. Of course, she pressed the record and goes hard. But I love her. I She's so entertaining. And yeah. when someone feels a certain way towards me, it doesn't change the way I'm a fan of them, you know? Yeah, and, I agree. Um, I love yeah, and that. I really do like her. And I think when I meet her one day, like, we'll get along so well. But, um, yeah, when she when she came on, I was like, you know, uh, this happened. And what you guys didn't see is probably this. She's like, Daniel, the feeds are 24-7. I start laughing. I'm like, no, they're not. Like, right. you know, like, 
that doesn't justify what I can and will take accountability for. What you do see is real. That's all real. Absolutely. But like the things that backed it up in my head, you know, as far as the way I was thinking and feeling, and like you said, you go to a second room and, and give a different angle of like why the things happen or why, how they got there. I, I, I've, uh, as you know, Daniel, I'm a big hater of Twitter for this game. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Because it, it really does ruin the game because as you guys are saying, you're doing something. It doesn't mean that you mean it the way they're taking it. And there's no, there's nothing you can do about it. You just got to ignore Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I found? I'm sure Tommy, you may have this experience or, you know, people you may know, but like a lot of things obviously get taken out of context to support a certain narrative, even on Twitter or anywhere, you know, and that's what we signed up for. You know, you sign your life away. You say, yeah, I'm yeah. in, you know, like, and it's a dream come true. I wouldn't take it back. But it's funny, like, when I was doing the interviews, it's like, hey, you said this. And it's like, I know, I don't know the context. I don't know anything. I'm like, oh, dang, like, that sucks. But then I watch back the full context. I'm like, oh, like, that's specifically about the game. I would never say that about a person's life. Or, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like, that's strictly the game. And like you said, you, you're in one room expressing it a certain way to get your point across or for me it's like whoever i'm talking to just to let them know i'm on your side so this is how i feel about this person but really it's just to really draw the line in the sand to let them know i have your back over anyone opposed to going uh very pc in the moment with a friend that you trust you know what i mean so like you're not thinking how do i break this down to make sure i'm fully understood on all ends you're going what does this person want to hear from me and how do I get to it as quick as possible before the room is broken up by a different ally? Right, exactly. So let me ask you, now it's five weeks out. Obviously, you are, you know, a very uh, present player. You were very present in the season. You made a big splash. How do you feel now, five weeks out, now that you've had time to reflect and look back, how are you feeling about the whole thing? Ultimately, I think my biggest take back would be not dealing with the situation differently. The situations were very real and very, um, from what, so I'm, I'm starting to watch the live feeds, our own live feeds from day one, um, which is very time consuming, but I'm willing yes. to do it because I want to learn either about what really happened or what people are really saying. And then, you know, text my friends who are from the cast or figure it out later, whatever I have to do, I want to do. And a lot of it was pretty on point as far as like my experience inside the house. But the way I went about it is definitely my take back of like, I could have called a house meeting instead of uh, acting on my emotions in the moment. And the way that I think we could all deal with as far as relationships and friendships, um, instead of blowing up on Taylor in the moment, I should have stepped out in the backyard and thought, let me deal with this tomorrow. We're all still in this house tomorrow. Why don't I talk to Nicole and Taylor in the same moment and really figure out uh, the root of all of this? And, you know, I may not be the HOH, but as an emotional player, that should have been my move. Um, I'm an emotional person in the real world, obviously, and I'm a very loyal person in the real world. Mm-hmm. And so when Taylor had mentioned Nicole quitting, which she said tapping out is the actual words, um, that affects me. And even in the real world, I would feel the same way as far as I like, don't tell my best friend to quit a game, which is actually against the big brother rules to tell someone to quit the game. So I was like fuming that you're trying to take out not only my best friend, but also my final two. And uh, in the moment, I, I need to explain this in the moment, 
what my mind was going through that you can't catch on any live feeds if even if it's even aired that in my mind i thought because taylor had told the house that she thinks she was the reason paloma spiraled that was taylor's words oh. i would never push that on i would never press that on anyone okay um because Taylor had said that to the house, it was obviously in the back of my head moving forward in the game because I was really hurt by all of it and really affected emotionally by Paloma's exit. Um, so when I hear that she's telling Nicole to quit the game, my mind where it goes when you're stuck inside that house and you only have the information that you have from those you love and trust was, okay, so she did this to Paloma because it was her words. That's what's in my head. So right. I'm, now I'm thinking, now you're going after the next closest person I'm to four weeks later. Now I'm sent to this higher level of emotion of like, stop doing what you're trying to do. You're trying to get out people that I'm close to. Mind you, in the back of my head as well, is that Taylor had a crush on me, at least in this time, at least she was vocal about it. Whether it's true or not, that's on her. She said it in the house. And so now I'm thinking, okay, so whoever I get closest to who's a female She's trying to get out of the house. I'm not saying this is true. I'm saying this is what's going through my head in these moments. Okay. And uh, at the same time, that week leading up, she was stalking me throughout the house. I even told the DR I was so uncomfortable. Of course, that wasn't aired. But so all these things are leading up to where she wants my closest allies out is in my head. With all that said, that doesn't necessarily validate the way the things went down. That's my own shit. And I need to step back and realize you shouldn't act upon your emotions in the moment. If my best friend, let's say it's a girl in the real life and says, this guy screwed me over. I'm not dating him anymore. Unfollow him on Instagram. Don't, you know, he cheated on me, this and that. What do I do? I unfollow him. I never speak to him again. And if I ever saw him in real life, I'll call him out. I don't, what I don't do is text him. I don't call him. I don't hit him up on Instagram saying, Hey, can you tell me the full truth? I need to know everything before I believe my best friend. So that's what happened in that house when it came down to believing Monty about the Paloma story and the Paloma lie. That's what came down to when Nicole had told me that she told her to quit. And I reacted that way. And the only thing I could take back is I should have dealt with it differently, but the way I felt was real. I should have stepped outside and maybe dealt with it the next day at a house meeting or something. Um, I hear what you're saying. I really do about the, the best friend thing. I think that's a great analogy, but I got to say, I'm surprised because it's big brother. You got to like, you can't trust these people so quickly. I would think that you would know that, you know what I mean? You're a super fan. I'm just surprised. Yeah, think... <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? I, my gut instinct has rarely ever, if ever let me down. And when I saw Nicole, at a distance in the backyard on day one, I knew this is my ride or die. Yeah. And once our friendship only grew in the house and um, our loyalty to each other. Yeah. I was Nicole is great. And we loved watching the two of you together. You could tell that your bond was real. Um, and you, you two were in a great spot in the beginning. You were doing really well. You are. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm sad how, you know, how it all went down. And before I forget, I, I also do want to, uh, backtrack a little bit and express that after everything went down what what a lot of things we don't see especially in the edit i don't know how much on live feeds but taylor and i did get along in the house 21 22 hours of the day right yeah. so like they don't show that especially post blow up when turner didn't put her or uh when he took her off the block i went up to her and expressed to her like i see this as a blessing i want to talk to you like 
in no way do I want her to feel ostracized and neither do I. And like, there was so much more that went on the house that we did get along. And uh, when I left the house, I felt like we're on good terms. And I meant that in all the exit interviews. And, uh, you know, these things that I felt were real in the moment, but also what what was real was talking to her after that, the following 10 to 12 days or so before I left. And my goal is, I'm remain cordial at the very minimum, let alone being friends, but that's all in her court. And I would respect no matter what the outcome is. Mm -hmm. And you know, the thing is uh, I'm just like you in a way, my sister-in-law broke up with a guy that owned a pizzeria. That's one of the best on Staten Island. And I didn't go to the (laughs) pizzeria. I stopped going there. And then I found out she was going there later on. And I was like, are you kidding me? I'm not going. Oh, no way. (laughs) Wait, what oh my god! Yeah, Danino's. yeah. Danino's? I was and then I would be upset as well. I'm like, wait, I could have been going here the whole time. No, I oh didn't go god. for years. I mean, I'm talking like like eight years. I didn't go there, and uh, wow, when I found out Dan Andrews going, and I was like, are you kidding me? That's so funny. I love Danino's. <laughs> yeah, it's our pizzeria now. Um, so all right, here's what I gotta ask you: When you have 16 strangers moving into a house and they have nothing in common. They are desperate to find a common enemy. That is just basic psychology 101. And we see that happen season after season. And oh, this yeah. season, it seemed like we, we saw it in Taylor. Like that, that's, what, that's what it seemed like. Like she was the common enemy. Everybody was against her right off the bat. So I think I, that's, well, that's why like America w- was struggling to watch it so much because it did feel like she was the outsider and it didn't feel like it was warranted when we were watching. But I want to ask I, you what, what made that happen in your experience? Like what did you see? Is there anything that you saw that we didn't? Because from what we saw, it was hard to watch and it didn't feel warranted. Absolutely. Okay, so... From the back, I don't know if, I mean, no one's going to remember this and no one's going to want to point this out. I wanted to work with Taylor from the very beginning. Nicole was like one of her closest friends in the house and wanted to work with her from the beginning. Nicole and I were in a final two on day two. And so we wanted to work with Taylor and we were in talks with it. We also had Terrence in on it. Once I put him on the block, I wanted to let him know, I don't want you going home. This is the only thing I have to do, but I want to keep you and work together. So what was happening was, what had formed later, I think week two, the night shift, which is me, Nicole, Terrence, it was actually forming on day five, I want to say, maybe day six, where the four of us, myself, Nicole, Terrence, and Taylor, had all had this agreement of working together, but we hadn't been able to meet in a room together yet to make it final. Okay. So, um, and that's even on the feeds that I'm watching now. I'm watching again from the beginning and I'm seeing it all happen. I'm, and it's like reminding me, like, oh yeah, I've been through so much that you kind of forget all these things. But I knew Taylor's a badass and that's why Nicole and I wanted to work with her. And a lot of people weren't vibing with her. So I thought it was great for our game in general of like, first of all, we get along with Taylor and we want to work with her and people don't like her. Dude, this is like an epic alliance that we could just absolutely kill this game, keep it a secret and just go hard and look out for each other. And, um, it was only my deciding factor was everyone getting in my ear about wanting her out just based on small, um, what is it, passive aggressive comments and the way she was acting towards people and the energy in the rooms that she was in. And um, so I felt those energies, but that didn't sway me from not wanting to work with her because I was fine with it. And maybe because I was HOH, she was more open to me and wanted to talk with me. 
but it didn't matter to me. That's one reason why I wanted to be HOH to work with people like that who wanted to uh, work specific with, uh, with specific people. And so I wanted to build those alliances. With that said, I think moving forward was not only people getting in my ear about not wanting her there, but after everyone had mentioned this to me, this is after everyone wanted her on the block as a replacement, then the Paloma lie came out. Now there's no feeds of her actually saying these things. So all we have is the actual edit. And um, what I do have is everything after Monty doubling down for at least four to five, six hours. And he's so vulnerable and real. And I've seen Monty lie and it's really bad and easy to see through it. So watching these feeds of him, like really being broken about making this move and really pressing me to put Taylor up is so real and authentic. So I do want to backtrack and say Monty is the official persuasion of me going, I got to do it because he was the one that broke the lie about Paloma. So once everyone's on board with that, it did it for me. I'm an emotional player and I'm loyal. I have Paloma's back. I see her as a sister. I saw her as a sister in the house and that continues. And once I heard a lie about Paloma, that was it. I don't care who it was about. If you're going after someone who I love and trust like Paloma or Nicole, not only are they an emotional connection for me, but they're also a number in my game. So it affected me on a higher level. So the official thing that really sent it over to quote unquote, the common enemy for me personally, outside of what everyone already felt about her was day six when Monty told me about the Paloma lie. And then it just grew from there. Got it. And the Paloma lie Remind me what that was, because what we... Paloma lied because she got caught. Um, basically, we, we don't know the truth, though, about no, no, that. That's, we do know the truth. Taylor, no, no, we Taylor don't. told Monty, I, uh, they're looking to put you up, and Monty went back to Paloma and said, I heard you want to put me up. And, and Paloma said, no, she's lying. But she was caught, so she had to lie. But Paloma took it a little bit further and started really going off everywhere about Taylor. It wasn't just the money. Is that true, Daniel, or was there more to it? Phil, can you, sorry, because I've been watching so much Big Brother. Can you remind me on the edit? Yes. So what we saw on the edit, what we saw on the edit was that Paloma and Taylor were talking and Paloma says, I want to go after the guys. I want to go after Monty. And Taylor takes that information back to Monty and says, Paloma said that she wants to go after you guys. Yeah, be careful. Like, be she careful. She just said, be careful. Don't trust Paloma. She's made comments that she wants to go after the guys. So Monty, because he trusts Paloma so much, he goes back to Paloma and says, hey, Taylor told me that you're talking to her about getting the guys out. How, is that true? And Paloma, in the moment, lies, and she, which she has to do. It's Big Brother, obviously. So she's like, yeah. I never said that to Taylor. Absolutely not. She's a snake. She's a liar. And then she starts going off about Taylor, and she paints the target on her back from there on in. And that's yeah, I kind remember, of how we saw it spiraling. Girls, I remember the girls wanted to go after guys. I absolutely hate that tons or style of gameplay. But um, watching back... Paloma was one of the first people who actually started playing the game from day one. And I respect oh that as a game player, as a fan. And she was amazing. Of course. She, yeah, the yeah, fact that course. she's 22 years old and she had the whole house wrapped around her finger in the first two days, three days is amazing. She really oh. was. She could have been a force to be reckoned with in the game. She already was. Unreal. And she didn't if, even stay if, a whole time. She, she yeah, really if was. She could have, 
if she could have, you know, gotten through what the craziness of that house is, um, she would have absolutely killed this game 100%. And I believe the same for Amira. That makes sense. Okay, I see that. I know that's a lot of information. I'm trying to get out every bit of uh, why the things went down the way they did or the way my mind was working inside the house, if that makes sense. Our first family dinner, we talked about, you know, our struggles or what we're appreciative and all that type of stuff. And we went around the table and when it got to her, she had mentioned, after she had a very like deep story, she had mentioned, she's like, don't let the tears fool you. I'm down to stab you in your front. And like made like a joke about like coming after us. And like, it's very off-putting. And everyone, when they came at me to like put the replacement up, that's a lot of people's like anchoring moment outside of all the small passive aggressive comments. It was like, dude, just her at the table saying that she's going to stab us all in our front. She just won't just do it in the back only. She'll also do it in the front. They're like, sure, it's a game. We're here to do all that type of stuff. But like, it's very like off-putting in this very emotionally driven family dinner. And so you can imagine how all of us are feeling. I'm, I'm telling you, all 15 of us were feeling that, even right. though I was still trying to work with her up until the Paloma situation. Well, that may, that's exactly what I'm talking about, that when you're in a house and when you're all, you know, strangers looking for that common enemy, that's like the, the new theme of this, the episode, I feel like. common ground too, right? You but yeah, you're looking for common ground. Somebody saying, like, in the real world, if somebody were to say, oh yeah, I'll stab you in the front, like, you might, it's a joke. But when you're in there, that holds a lot of weight. And people yeah. could take things maybe people say things maybe maybe things get taken not how people meant for them to be taken but that that is the that's what happens in big brother that's the truth that's what we see every season it still didn't seem like enough of a reason on the outside but when you're on the inside it is enough of a reason it's all about survival mode whether you're in power or not and i was in power that week and i was still trying to survive and so part of that was looking forward in my game and if you and if you at least what i was told if you're going after someone who i'm connected with on a uh, friendship level and a game level like obviously you're not good for my game yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. and speaking of game because we know that you're a major super fan of the show i was so excited to see you go head to head with michael I wish that you would have stuck around a little bit longer because then we would have seen the battle of the super fans unfold even more. But I like, can you tell me about just playing the game with him? Because I feel like we saw a rivalry between the two of you and I just kind of want to hear what your thoughts are, uh, how you felt playing the game with him. Let me just say, Kudos to Daniel. He picked up that Michael's a super fan right off the bat. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> said we can't have both of us in the house. Right. That was so thrilling to watch. I was like, yes. Oh, oh my, God. my gosh. You know, here's the thing. I went in there and I know the BB curse of first person to enter. So I didn't want to be the first person to enter. So I would have done the same thing Michael did when he yep. held that door open. But once I, we didn't know what group we're in. You know, when you get taken in four by four, they don't tell you, hey, one right. group's already in there, whatever. So I'm thinking, if I'm the first group, this is definitely not going to be me walking through. So I'm going to hold one of these doors. I don't know which one, but I'm going to hold one if I have to. And once I saw Michael do it, I was like, oh, he's 100% a super fan. I got to look out for this guy. And which means he knows as much of the game as I do. If you know about that curse, you've been on Reddit, you've been on Twitter, you watch feeds, whatever it may be. 
So I knew he's someone to look out for. Um, and then when he was hanging on that tree, uh, that tree, uh, when he's hanging on that t-shirt competition with me, he, that was not easy. That was very hard to do. Um, and the fact that he was right there with me at the end, after the girls dropped, I was like, Oh, this guy is not here to mess around. Yep. And so I hung on just enough until he dropped and it killed me. But knowing all that, you know, part of it, you would think, why didn't the super fan, knowing that he's a super fan, why didn't I link up with him? That's one of my things that I think about when I left the house. And looking back, you know, he's a very awkward vibe. That doesn't, that's nothing negative. That's just like who he was. And it was hard to get him to open up about game or personal life. So being in the room with him, it was really hard to like become his friend and get, you know, talk about, you know, his personal things or my person. It was hard for me to talk about my personal things. So it's not really about being an extrovert because I very much am, it's about, you know, when you meet people, you're not always supposed to like click with everyone. Right. And so with him, it just didn't click enough to go, let's team up, let's kill this game. And so once I knew, oh, we're not going to be like hand in hand, I can't let this guy stick around long enough. And that's day two or whatever. I was like, it's time to go. Like, let's do this. But, uh, you know, I respect him. I got to say, I was geeking out every time I got to compete with him. Um, I mean, when he did the Mermaid Fest and I was the host, I put on the veto and I literally hugged him. I was like, dude, you're wild. Like, this is unreal. And that was only his second veto. And I called him the veto king already. And I, as a super fan, was like, I'm playing the game with one of the greatest players of all time. And that was week two. And, uh, you know, now I can look at what he's done and realize he will go down history, not only by veto record, but just by being one of the most savage best players this this show has ever seen since the beginning. And so as a fan, I loved it. When he put me on the block, I was laughing because I respected it. And when he sent me home, I have no problem. One of the greatest players sent me home. Yeah, like he should for multiple reasons. Yeah. And, um, you know, I wish I could have stayed longer, not only to have like the, you know, the big showdown because we would have fought to the very end to each other. Oh my but, God. Uh, yeah. That would have been great. So, I, yeah. It was very exciting to play with him. Um, and it was, it, it was, I had no problem. Any, any moves he made that hurt my game, it all made sense. And I had no problem, uh, you know, being the person that he sent home. So Daniel, you, um, you've made comments that the season's boring and I got to disagree <laughs> with you at this time. I got to let you know, I think this has been an iconic season. I mean, you had a person self evict uh, week one. You had uh, you had the tail incident. You had Kyle. You had Michael. He loves a recap, Daniel, as you know from listening. He, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Like this whole so, list that he's doing right now, it's just his excuse to recap. No, it, it, <laughs> to, so to me, it, this has been insane. We we were we've been screaming at the TV the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I got to say, I think this is one of the best seasons. But, well, wow. oh my God, I can't believe you don't. I think that this season is amazing. Here's the other thing, too. I feel like Big Brother, as much as in the past I loved it was about solely gameplay, it has evolved, and it's not just about gameplay anymore. It's about right. the social issues that we face in our country, in the world, and... I really think that the conversations that are coming out of this season 
are more progressive than any other season. And I think that they're going to make a huge positive difference. And I feel like that is really like that holds a lot of weight that it didn't for me, at least in the past. In the past, I was like, gameplay, that's it. That's all I care about. But now I'm like to see, you know, Taylor, honestly, like to see her be at the bottom of the totem pole and now final three it is thrilling to watch, and it's like it, it's exciting. Honestly, I feel like it, I would love to see a Taylor win at this point. Um, I think that Monty Turner and Brittany have all played amazing games as well. Um, but if Taylor were to come out and win this whole thing, it would be it's a story. It's a crazy story from the like the arc of the season as a whole would be iconic to say the least. Absolutely, and like after tonight's episode. Uh, I would love to see Taylor take out Monty. That's just like, <laughs> just from my fan angle and the way that like. Yeah, that would be so fierce. And and none of that's personal. I think they should have built out Taylor for game reasons. Like she's going to kill this game. I said when I left the house, even in the house, that once she survived the block twice, I was like, she's going to make final three. It's official. Like I yeah. just felt it. Um, and now she's there. And I thought whoever makes final two is going to cut her out. We don't know what's going to happen. But because... Monty didn't send her out for game reasons. Yeah, I think it's the dumbest move. Ask, let me know what you guys think. To send Alyssa out, I think, is the dumbest move probably of the whole season to send someone who's never won a single competition, who maybe has three jury votes, if anything, and you're going to send her out over Taylor, who's gonna who's been killing it, who has, like, this crazy character arc or uh, game arc, who uh, deserves a win at this point. And, like, why would you keep – Taylor over Alyssa, like as speaking game wise, do you guys have an opinion on that? Yeah, uh, I yeah. I think that is for Turner especially. This to me, if he doesn't win, this was the reason why he didn't win. I mean, maybe I'll have my foot in my mouth on finale night when Turner takes the crown, but I don't think that this was the smartest move to get to that spot. Honestly, I think that he could have used Alyssa over. Taylor any day in this game and I think that so Brittany too I think the two of them should have kept, yeah. kept Alyssa well, Brittany over tried, Taylor right Brittany tried but he, the, the you know he made an agreement with Monty basically he said Monty didn't put him up or he would have went home so right so he would have had to break his word he would have had to break his word with Monty and but now he lost the jury vote because um, I think Alyssa will be you know petty like that yeah, it was it it was I agree that they should have kept Alyssa. It, but listen, I'm kind of happy. Like I got to be honest, I think Alyssa's amazing. I just think that story arc wise, game arc wise, I would rather see Taylor in here at this point. Even though I would have voted her out if I was Turner tonight. Yeah, I know, absolutely. Like that arc is going to be or it already is insanely iconic. But like Obviously, if she wins or even gets the final two, that alone is, like, epic. Yeah. I mean, to be on the block on eviction night five times and still make it to the top three, that is very impressive in itself. I almost don't care that she didn't win a lot because she has that, and that is, is like, a huge um, argument as well. Well, that's huge because social gameplay – I think trumps all things like, mm-hmm. of course you want to have some, you know, wins, but to survive the block that many times, you're clearly in cahoots with a lot of people and 
you've made friends along the way and like you're clearly playing an insane game like and I guess you could say the same for Alyssa a little bit but at least you could see the fight in Taylor and you could see that she has one I know a HOH I, I don't I think she's one of Vito I'm not sure but like um, yes. it's just like you could see that she's there fighting and she's on top of what's happening opposed to Alyssa not really being aware of a lot of things, not only from the edits, but living inside the house. Um, but yeah, man, I'm not mad. You know, if she makes it to the end. I always thought she'd be top three anyway. And Who now are you rooting for at this point? Who do you want to win? Uh, on, I think ultimately Turner would be it. Yeah. Um, I and you know, Turner. I'm, you know, he, he and I had our ups and downs in the game, whether it's shown or not, but like, Ultimately, I'm a fan of the game, and I respect that he was, like, quite the wild card as far as, like, decisions being made. And when he's HOH, he really shook up the house, and uh, he deserves it, I think, of everyone left in the house. I always thought it would be Michael and Monty at the end, but once Michael was out, I thought it would be Turner and Monty. Um, and I think Turner should take it at this point. So coming off the show – you know, you obviously made a big splash. There was a lot of uh, controversy between you and Taylor and just the house in general. What has your experience been coming off the show? How's your mental health? What what have you been dealing with since you've come off? And how are you feeling about it? Uh, for the most part, my friends who had ran my social media, I let them continue running it uh, for about two weeks or so because I knew the biggest thing was to not dive into that, right? And so... Um, Twitter, I don't even deal with, like, uh, I just got back on it. I think yesterday and I just post, I will never look at mentions, whether they're good or bad. I won't view them. Uh, because it's all, most of it's just trash anyway. None of it's like constructive or, you know, coming from a good place or anything like that. But I think coming off the show, the biggest thing was to stay off socials and reconnect with the other four house guests that are outside the house. Um, I've had a lot of love and support from family and friends and BB alumni that kind of make me feel seen because when you leave that house, you feel completely alone, even though you do have family and friends that you're staying with. Um, again, I couldn't sleep alone for like three weeks. So I'm staying at best friends, houses, my family houses, but you still feel like you're alone in this world. of No one gets it. No one understands. So when you have support and then when you have the connection with the other four house guests that are outside the house, it's been very therapeutic on its own, you know, um, uh, for me, I grew up pretty, a pretty rough, a pretty rough upbringing as far as like tragedies in my life, and so in the silver lining of dealing with very negative things in my life, I've had a very supportive family, and I grew to learn how to deal with heavy things in life and, and darker sides of life. And so leaving the house, it wasn't the worst or hardest thing I've ever had to deal with in my life, but coming out of that, I definitely tapped into that. Um, side of what I do for my own therapy. You know, some people search out actual therapists for me, it's music and reconnecting with people that I love and grounding myself in uh, reality. Um, so it's been tough, you know, that house is not for everyone. I mean, you know exactly how it is in there and it takes a very special kind of person to even want to apply, let alone get inside that house. And even when you're inside the house, it's not made for everyone. And we learned that this season. Um, but, you know, leaving, I'm a very strong and stubborn person. And luckily that kind of plays into me coming back to reality. Um, and so it's, it was a tough first three weeks, but now I'm back to earth and kind of getting my bearings again.
That's great. Good. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's very difficult and like it doesn't really go away. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Even all these years later, I'm still dealing with it. Um, yeah, but you, you know, just uh, get used to it, I guess, but it's still there. It never kind of goes away. Yeah. Um, I had spoken to Todrick, um, who had done celebrity big brother three mm -hmm. and he was just, you know, what's crazy is I essentially moved into his house and I forget about that. But like, basically he basically said the same thing, you know, like it's not going to go away. The things that you experience or like that you experience outside the house. Um, it may get easier, this and that, but you were on it even before he was. So, you know, hearing it from you is, it's just helpful to know, you know, like I wouldn't take it back. I would do it again. Like there's so many things that, that great that came from it. But uh, it's helpful to know hearing from you is like, hey, it doesn't go away. How are the other people that you um, did the show with, the other five that you mentioned, how are they doing? Everyone okay? Yeah, you know, they got out sooner than me and they seem to be on top of their, you know, getting back to acclimating back to life before, you know, I did. And they were, they've been helping me out. Um, but we have a group text thread that we text probably once every day or every other day and just... Uh, check in on each other and it has nothing to do with game anymore. It's obviously just about each other. We all That's get along great. and uh, I really love these people. Um, but yeah, it's been helpful to kind of connect with people who had the exact same experience, you know, yeah. having support from BB alumni has been amazing. Um, but the only people that truly, truly understand what happened and the experience as a whole uh, are the people that lived there on your specific season. And in that situation, me being not in jury, having these other four in a group text thread or FaceTiming them and stuff like that has been wildly helpful as exiting the house and experiencing the same exact thing that we all did. And, uh, you know, having each other's back as far as the emotional toll, uh, the mental toll and just like getting back to real life. All right. So we've got some questions here. Uh, yeah. some of them are tough. I'm just warning you, but I'm going to add. Absolutely. What was the best part of living in the Big Brother house? Oh, my gosh. I think meeting one of my lifelong best friends now, Nicole. Um, you know, there's a lot of good things that came from that house. Um, but I will say, Nicole and I talk every single day since we've been out of the house. And I absolutely love her. It will be her lifelong friend. And I know once Terrence is out of jury, it'll be the same thing with him. Shout out. I'm so glad you're attracted to me. That's, uh, <laughs> that sounds great. Um but I don't hate Taylor. You know, I said it once in the house and I corrected myself immediately because I realized how bad it sounded and how not accurate mm -hmm. those words are. You know, we say that, oh, I hate this person. I hate this person. And like, so there is one live feed out there that it's edited right at, right before I say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it that way or whatever. Yeah. So I get that. But I, I don't hate that girl at all. Again, we got along for the most part. They just don't show that enough. And that's fine. I get it. Um, we signed off on that. But I'm cool with her. If she's cool with me after the house, great. If not, I respect that too. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, if it was Monty or Taylor, who do you think will win? Uh, that's tough because Monty has won more things. I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head. I actually think it might be tied very... Because huh? Taylor won tonight. I do oh, think right, the... right. I do think that the girls would want to vote for Taylor more also. It's possible. It's possible. I don't know if Indy and Jasmine would, though. That's just from my personal experience living with them. 
but um maybe not yeah, indie but i feel like jasmine at the end we saw her and taylor make amends oh nice I could be wrong, but that's what that's the impression that I got from watching feeds and watching the show. I could be wrong, but that's what I think. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Monty's really good at persuading people who can't see through lies. So Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is every time he lied to me, I saw every bit of it. He's really bad at it. But the house this season, they can't read people people's lies uh, as well as Nicole and I did. And so I do think Monty would, would win, although Taylor's speeches are epic and she's very on point. So it would be a great uh, head-to-head, I will say that. But I think Monty will win by, like, one vote. It'll be a very tough uh, voting process, I think. All right. That's a really cool assessment. Um, it's funny you brought up the seeing through Monty's lies, but nobody else did. That is exactly how I felt with Jackson in the house. I felt like oh, wow. he was always just like talking out of his ass. And I felt like I always saw through it. I couldn't vocalize that because you're in the house and playing a game. But yep. I always saw through it. And I always felt like no one else did. And the Tell proof- me, I wonder if that has anything to do with acting. Do you think like we're, huh. I mean, you're far more successful than I am. But like our background I guess being in tune with emotions and energies, I guess. Do you think us being able to read people, does that come into play a little bit? That's a great question. I mean, yeah, because the truth is we judge people's acting all the time. That's what we do for a living. We go see shows, we sit down, and we judge people's acting. And we can label either a good actor or a bad actor, someone who's believable or not believable. Yeah. Sometimes, like, I think about, like, uh, you know, just people from my family who may not be as immersed into the theater world. They may have a harder time. They might think that, you know, the acting in Glee is amazing. I mean, I, right. you know, like, that's just my, the example that comes to my head. Yeah, yeah, I brought yeah, up Glee yeah. for a reason. Yeah, I guess he's making we a have, comment That was to a little me. pointed. That was so pointed. <laughs> yeah, right? Because I'm a Glee. <laughs> Wait, who loves Glee? I my love dad Glee. is obsessed with Glee. Oh, I love that. Uh, this next question, what's your biggest regret in the house? Uh, two things. What we already touched on, not taking maybe the day, if not a couple hours, definitely overnight before talking to Taylor about what she said to Nicole and maybe having a house meeting or at least the three of us in the room. Other than that, um, as like far as strictly game, my biggest regret is not building a bigger alliance from week one when I was in power. Um, the thing is, I'm wildly against large alliances over five people. And um, I was in seven alliances by the end of my HOH run. So I felt very safe and secure. But little did I know, obviously, the new school way of playing is much bigger alliances. And I definitely should have uh, did that because although I kind of veer on the side of old school gameplay, don't get me wrong, I'm considered soft compared to what it used to be. But... I veer a little more old school than new school, and I should have known coming into this house to build a bigger alliance for what the new school style uh, way of playing is. If you could go back and realign with anyone in the house besides Nicole, who would you align with and why? To realign with? uh, That's tough. You know, if we take away the 
Paloma lie or whatever you want to call that, you know, what that situation, not whether it's true or not, that situation, we take that away, definitely Taylor, 100%, and that's without knowing her arc of the story now um, because Nicole and I wanted to work with her in the first place. But I will say I, I should have stuck by Turner and Pooch a little more than I did initially. But when Pooch was up on the block, I mean, it's only week two. Like, how do you not vote out a guy when I'm against guy alliances? You know, I was in alliance with him, and I love that guy. But when you have him up there and you're not that much uh, binded to each other yet, it was easy to say, let's get one of the guys out because I do want one of the girls to win this season if it's not me. So, uh, yeah, I should have stuck with the uh, the Motley crew a little harder than I did. Um, okay, next question. Are you happy with the game that you played? Here's the thing. Go to the house. I thought I could remove emotion which includes loyalty because I become loyal to people because of my emotions. And like, um, I wish I could have removed that, but going to the house, I realized um, it's etched into my soul. And once I love somebody, I will go down with them no matter who it is, how it happens and uh, for better or worse, you know? So I don't think I played my best game because I unfortunately had emotions get the best of me. Um, but if I go back into the house ever again, I don't know if I can remove the emotional side of my heart. Um, I will definitely try, but, um, you know, if there's a better game, it's strictly removing emotion. And I don't know if that's possible. So did, wait, did you hear the podcast when we were bugging out about my dad's conversation with you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It is so on point. It was so Phil, funny. Were... Oh, it was so Phil, I funny. Thought... We were crying, laughing. He so the question is, who reached out on Instagram DM, Daniel or Uncle Phil? <laughs> I wrote to Daniel. Daniel Daniel responded. I went to go right back to him, but I never hit send. So the <laughs> that is Daniel, accurate. We were crying, laughing. You, you guys wrote to each other, whatever. He wrote to you, and then you wrote back this really sweet thing, and he just deaded you and just never responded. No, it was only a couple hours, for going to say. It, it was so funny. It was, it was we at night crying. until the next day. I mean, yeah. Come on. <laughs> so I got to say, for a second, I was like, hey, Phil's following me now. I guess, like, he's cool with, you know, whatever happened. Maybe he's going to hear me out. Whatever, you know, respectful follow, whatever it may be. Uh, and then he reaches out to me. And then... I write back, you know, trying to just reach out and like express, you know, a little bit what I can in DMs about like where I failed in my gameplay, this and that. And he didn't write, I see that he read it and he didn't write back. And I was like, oh no, this guy hates me. Like <laughs> I'm, a huge, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I love his son and his dad hates me. And no. he just followed me because I'm a fan of the podcast. And I'm like, so as you know, the big brother paranoia continued. And I was like, Maybe uh, he's just not a big fan, whatever. And I was like, this sucks. And I even said, hey, you know what? The house is crazy. I can only imagine what your son went through. And now I respect your son even more on a higher level because knowing what I went through, your son went through it even longer. And then, like, he didn't write back anything. And I was like, oh, I'm fucked now. <laughs> yeah. I also wrote to Daniel Durst. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but the, the funny part was I was – I, I just didn't hit send, but I, I also, then I said, all right, you know what? Let me just talk to Thomas because they don't like when I 
try to jump in and do something. Yeah, because we can't <laughs> trust him. That's right? why. So I wanted yeah. to ask you to come on the show, but I wanted to go first to them. And then it was just too late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, my I God. do wish I wish Angelica was on, too, because I know she would have given you a run for your money tonight. I, that's something that I don't have the capability of doing because I really did like you on the show, Daniel. I know you said, like, I you know, you were worried. You were worried about what what people's perception was. I thought you were great. I think that at times, like, you know, you got caught in trouble that was hard to watch sometimes, but I don't really fault anybody in the house because we don't know what it's like in the house. That's the truth. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I really appreciate it. I mean, listening back to the episodes, you know, it was really hard for me to open up this season of Real Talk because I was on the show and I was like, oh, my God, I respect and love you guys so much. And I was like, you know. I'm a fan. I don't care if you guys all hated me. I was like, well, I love you guys, and this show's amazing. But uh, listening back, Uncle Phil, number one, thanks for getting my back. And yeah, he out really that did. He had you the most. Yeah. I oh, was second. It was flipping out and... with Phil for like 10 minutes, and I absolutely loved it. And, uh, you know, Phil, you really broke it down the way that I couldn't because I'm caught up in my, my emotions and dealing with, you know, everything leaving the house. But you broke it down to the very brass packs of like, Listen, here is my best friend who I love and have 100% loyalty into. And I was going to take Nicole to final two no matter what happened. And when someone like that is in a vulnerable state thinking that, you know, I don't want to dive into her personal stuff, but thinking what happened to her family did not happen. And then like yeah. all these emotions are running high. And I feel like my friend was being attacked. That's where I'm coming from. I stood up for my best friend. That's all I was doing. And I would do the same for you guys if we're out at, in New York City. But um you know, so thanks for sticking up for me, Phil. It made me feel decent uh, having uh, have you guys reach out to me going, well, you know, Uncle Phil's got my back. You know, Tommy, you had Angelica kind of walk back and bring, bring her down from uh, all the fire she was spitting that I also respect and understand. But uh, I still love her. It didn't matter whether she liked me or not. Uh, that's why I love the show. You I did walk have... her back a little bit. You got you got to give it to me there. I did do yeah. that. Absolutely. She, you know. <laughs> If you can get Angelica to back down on a couple things, not a lot, not even 100% back down. If you could get her back down 50% on what she had just said on anything, you won in my heart. And, uh, <laughs> and yo, if she has any love for me, even if it's 10%, you did it for me. And I appreciate it because she has a lot of the same opinions I do on every season that you guys have covered on Big Brother. And I'm dying laughing every time she brings up Whenever she's like, I hate this person, and I'm dying because it's like we have the same uh, understanding of gameplay or personal, you know, when we're watching back the show. But uh, so, but that's one of my favorite things about your guys' show is that you all have different opinions, and you can all kind of try to see and understand each other's side, opposed to everyone ganging up on one. No, they uh, gang up side. on me, Daniel. Come on. Now. No, usually, no, Daniel. Let this. Let's be real. This is usually how it goes. My dad's on one side, Angelica's on the other, and I'm in the middle. That's usually <laughs> that's always how it goes. I love now that the whole story is when Tommy goes, well, hear, hear me out, guys. And everyone's like, here we go. Yep. <laughs> because you're going to go like devil's advocate and just make sure like everyone's like in the middle. And mm -hmm. it doesn't matter who you like in the first place. You want to like counter it. And like, I mean, that's what makes a good talk show, though, I think, you know, and um that's why this is one of my, I mean, this is my favorite Big Brother podcast and it's the one I'm most loyal to and I, it's the only one I listen to religiously. The other ones I chime in once in a while, but uh, yeah, I absolutely love you guys. Again, it's been like a dream to be on the show, but 
to be on the podcast right now is I'm like geeking out. So thank you guys for allowing me to be here and hear me out. You know, not everyone's going to agree on what I have to say, but living in the house, we all have that personal experience being in there. And, uh, you know, ultimately, I just respect and love that you guys are willing to hear me out and uh, get my point of view on all of it. <laughs> One more thing before you go. I want to just know, what are you doing now? Like, are you going back to performing? Yeah. So uh, as of right now, I'm currently booked for Legends in Concert all throughout the holidays, which is wow. right after Thanksgiving up to New Year's Eve, which is Legends in Concert at the Tropicana on the Las Vegas Strip. Oh, that's um, awesome. You know, Elvis is my full-time job. I'm an independent contractor, so I tour, I book uh, casinos and Las Vegas shows. And uh, that's all I've been doing this whole month is, like, booking for holidays and forward. Uh, my whole focus has been Big Brother up until the finale. And then after that, it's back right back to uh, traveling and doing one-offs, you know, at different casinos throughout October and September. Or, sorry, October, November, and then uh, Legends of Concert. That is so amazing. It's the perfect amount of time for you to – just relax, decompress from the show, and then go back into what you love, into real life. Absolutely. And because of that, uh, Uncle Phil, I want you to know that uh, I, I've been portraying Elvis for six years, and I toured in a uh, musical called Million Dollar Quartet where uh, Jerry Lee Lewis sang um, a couple of big bopper songs. Uh -huh. Great and Balls of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does Great Balls of Fire, and I think that's one of your karaoke songs. Yes, it is. is. It's his go-to song. <laughs> And then when you did the big bopper, I was freaking out. And uh, but yeah, you nailed it. Uh, so I knew I, I would be friends with you one day. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Oh my goodness. I can't wait to have a whiskey with you, uh, Phil. Um, you got it. Last question that I just thought of: Are you going out for finale night? What are they doing this year with uh, COVID and stuff? Because I know in the the past few years they've only had everyone on Zoom. Yeah, because there's an audience now, uh, they've approved us uh, showing up for finale. So awesome. all of us will be there. But I'm sorry, what was that? I said awesome. That's great. That's so oh, yeah, exciting. Yeah. Uh, so we'll all be there. Uh, Paloma won't be because when you self-evict, you're essentially out of the game as it is. But, mm. um, but yeah, so we'll be there. And uh, I'm excited to catch up with everyone and party. Good. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Daniel. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate you so much, and we look forward to the next time that you come back on. Absolutely. I hope the next time I'll be in New York City and we can all hang out. Ah, yes. Sounds Love good. that. All right, ready? We're going to sign out. You know, how, you know what to do, Daniel, right? Oh, yeah. All right, ready? One, two, three. It's, it's been, been real. real. <laughs>